Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. As I just said, next week will be our last winter spring session and then on May 30th. And I just heard that the schools added an extra day to the calendar. If somebody can explain the schools to me, let me know. But uh, we will start May 30th and we will do May 30th, June 6th. We'll take a break June 13th. This is a very strange summer. And June 20th and 27th we'll meet. Take a break for the 4th of July. I'll be on vacation. I won't be here anyway. And July 11th and 18th, we'll meet again for the first summer Bible study session. Super, super excited about it. Uh, I wrote a Bible study called Journey into the Heart of God. He is Jehovah. Whether you come to one, two, three, four, five, or all six, doesn't matter. They're all self-contained. And it's honestly one of the greatest adventures I've had. I'm really excited to share it with you and for you to share it with each other. So that's the only announcement I'll make for now. So today, we're going to be talking about, honestly, the focus will be on the Holy Spirit. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of today, if you do not have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit of God, we're going to give you an opportunity to get prayer. But I am coming to know him in a way that I really never have in the past. But I want to say this to you. Yes, there is the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible says to be ever filled with the Holy Spirit. Without him, we can do nothing. And let me just tell you what the main job of the Holy Spirit is 100% of the time. Lead us to Jesus to lead us to Jesus. We want the miracles of Jesus. We want the manifestations of Jesus. We want the grace of Jesus. How do you get there? The second person of the Trinity, Jesus. We find him through the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. See, they are persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three but one. How do you explain that? I can't. Don't try. I've heard well-meaning people say, well, it's like an apple. You know, there's the seed and the flesh and the skin. There's three parts of an apple, but it's one apple. Okay, well, that's a good try. But he's not an apple. (laughs) He's a person. So the title of today's message is the way I'm endeavoring to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll only talk about this for a minute, love, live, and forgive. I think we need to simplify our lives. If you can remember those three things, love, live, forgive, you will live a victorious, abundant life. Just three words, love, live, and forgive. Three power-packed words. And I could honestly teach an entire months on every one of these words, but obviously we don't have time for that. And so I'm just going to briefly tell you why The Spirit of God spoke those three words to me, love, live, forgive. First of all, Jesus said in John 13, 34 and 35, I give you a new commandment, not 10 commandments, 
One. Because you see, all ten commandments are wrapped up in one word, the new commandment, love. Why? Because if you A-G-A-P-E, agape, if you agape, what is agape love? It is a love that expects nothing in return. And there's not one person in this room that can say they've arrived at that point. I certainly have not. Because if you love, you'll never get offended. Tell me the truth. How many of you, let me be general, in the last month have gotten offended? Something hurt you, something, yes. Thank you for your honesty. The rest of you, thou shalt not bear false witness. (laughs) Offenses come. Jesus said they do. I mean, they just do. And you know that Bible word offense is the word scandalon, which means trap. It's a trap the enemy sends, sends to snare you. And why? To pull you out of love. It's all about love. A new commandment I give you that you should love one another just as I have loved you, so you too should love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. What's the opposite of that strife? Another opposite of love is fear. There is no fear in love, none. I always tell people, if if you are afraid, I don't mean if you're attempted by fear. We all get tempted by fear. We all feel the force of fear. But if you give into that temptation, why? Because you don't really believe God loves you. That's all there is to it. There's no fear in love. You can't explain it away. And so the first commandment in the New Testament is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the new commandment. Why? If you love, you will not have other gods before you. If you love, you will not use the name of the Lord's in vain. In vain. The Lord in vain. Sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied. If you love, you will keep the rest day, the Sabbath day, holy. That The Sabbath day now is inside of you. It is the rest of God. If you love, you're going to honor your mother and your father. Do they deserve it? They deserve it because they gave you life. You did not end up in an abortionist clinic because you're here. If you love, you're not going to murder. The word is not, we say thou shalt not kill, but the word is murder. I mean, there are wars. If, if that means that every soldier that ever fought for freedom would have broken the commandments. That's not so. I don't need to tell you what murder is. You're not going to be unfaithful to your spouse if you love, and I can go through every commandment. So you see, all the commandments are wrapped up in the love of God. And then we are told to live. Romans 1.17, for the righteous one will live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the righteous one will live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, but my righteous ones will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Three times in the new covenant and once in the old, we are told that the righteous live by faith, period. Love, live by faith. How do you do that? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I've told this story uh, probably hundreds of times. Some of you have not heard it before, so I'm going to tell it to you again. It's a story of a little girl with a Sunday school teacher. The Sunday school teacher was teaching on Jonah. And he said, now we know that there's no fish on earth big enough to swallow a man. So the story of Jonah wasn't real. Now, that was ridiculous because the Bible says he prepared a great fish. And this little girl said, well, I believe it. And the Sunday school teacher said, well, why do you believe it? She said, because God said it. I believe it. 
But the Sunday school teacher said, well, now we'll never really know, will we? And she said, I will. He said, how will you know? Because when I die, I'm going to ask Jonah in heaven. And the Sunday school teacher said, well, what if Jonah's not in heaven? And she said, well, then you ask him. And that's the bottom line. If God said it, I believe it. And that settles it. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. If God said it, I believe it. I just think this morning, honestly, even the music we sang, the anointing was so strong. You should have experienced a measure of freedom because the anointing of the Holy Spirit destroys the enemy's yoke, period. There's no argument. So we love, in the love of God, we live by faith, and we forgive. And as you know, you've heard my testimony. I don't have time to give it today, but I'm going to tell you right now. Forgive means I cancel the debt. You owe me nothing. That's what it means. And you can read Matthew 18 for yourself about the king that went to settle accounts. And that unwilling servant that would not cancel the debt against his brother was thrown into the tormentors until he should pay all he owes. Not just him, but his wife, his children, and everything he possessed thrown into the prison of torment. And if you live a life in unforgiveness, that's where you end up. And that's all there is to it. So I suggest you study that and and make it real to you. So we love, live, and forgive. But how do we do that? Well, a verse that has become one of my life verses now is 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And these are the three ways that the Apostle Paul decreed we should live. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Three ways. We love, live, and forgive through the love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So I want to focus on him today because the main job of the Holy Spirit is to lead us to Jesus, to point us to Jesus, to make Jesus King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm just telling you today, if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, when we pray, you just get your pretty body up here and you get prayer. I've asked four anointed women to pray over you. And you will not leave here unfilled. I'm just telling you, you won't. I'm just telling you, you won't. I'm going to ask you a question first. We have a lot of generations here today. I love it. So if you are uh, 20 or under, raise your hand. 20 or under, raise your hand. Uh Don't lie. Raise your hand tall if you're 20 or under. All right, good. If you're between 20 and 30, raise your hand. Let me see you, 20 and 30. If you're between 30 and 40, raise your hand. Let me see you. If you're between 40 and 50, raise your hand. We have a lot of those. If you're between uh, 50 and 60, raise your hand. All right, if you're between 60 and 70, raise your hand. If you're between 70 and 80, raise your hand. If you're between 80 and 100, raise your hand. 80 and 100. When did you turn 80? Lewis, you're not 80. Amazing. Yes, you are young until the day you die. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, Sue, how old are you? How young are you? Ask her how, how you're 80 exactly. Okay. So, so we have all generations here. Glory to God. Pat, how, how young are you? 84. Well, you win. She wins. So we're, we're a generational people. It's not just about your age group. All of us, doesn't matter how young you are or how not so young you are. Love, live, forgive. How? 
by the love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And that's how I am learning to live. So let me talk to you about the Holy Spirit for just a few minutes. In Romans 12, 11, it says, Be a globe and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Now I'm going to stress again. He is not a thing. He's not an it. He's not a tongue of fire. He's not tongues. That's a gift. He is not a dove. That was symbolic because he's gentle. The thief is not gentle. The thief bombards and forces his way in if you let him. The, ho the Holy Spirit is gentle. He knocks and he waits for you to say yes and open the door. And he gives us a choice if we want to be ever filled with him. But I want to enforce today his characteristics to you to get it in you. I mean, I'm just reading this almost daily. John 14, 15. If you really love me, you will obey my commands. This is the words of Jesus. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor. He prays for us. Advocate, he advocates before the throne of God and he says, She, he is not guilty. Strengthener and stand by, and he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, cannot see him or know him or recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Now that was past tense. Now he does live in us if we invite him. And this is what I love. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, and helpless. I will come back to you. And he did. And you know, I would have told you with 100% of my being, I really would have, that there was not an ounce of an orphan spirit in me until the other day. When the Lord, I read these words, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, and forlorn and helpless. I will come back to you. And when I, when I read that, I, I heard the Lord. He showed me an area in my life where I, feel, I still felt orphaned. And I took care of that real quickly. And I think if you're honest before him, I mean, every time you feel forsaken or, or you don't believe God hears your prayers, we've been talking about that. Or you are in the why God, where God, how God, who God, what God. And you're in that, that room, that space. That is an orphan spirit trying to minister to you. And I've heard many times people just, where, God, where are you? Where are you? What is that? That is an orphan spirit trying to minister to you. Jesus said, he said very clearly, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you without comfort. That's his name, the comforter. Amen. And I mean, we all just go to, and godly counsel is biblical. I mean, it's a Bible thing. Yes, yes, yes. But we all go to so many places, but let's go to the counselor first. It's his name. Let's go to the comforter first. That's his name. Let's go to the helper first. It's his name. He will not leave us as orphans. I love this, verse 21. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. 
And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will show him, reveal, and manifest myself to him. And I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. This is right after he reveals the Holy Spirit. I'm going to manifest myself to you. How? How? Because the job of the Holy Spirit is to lead us to Jesus. If we'll rely on him. And we'll fellowship with him. You've got to fellowship with him. What does that mean? If, if, if I say, Pam, let's go out and fellowship. We don't do what, I, what Randy and I see couples doing all the time. Every time we go to dinner, they're sitting at the table and they're each on their phone. Can I tell you something? Being on your phone all the time is not fellowship. No, if we go to lunch, what are we going to do? We're going to talk to one another. We're going to communicate with one another. We are going to give one another. She and I will give each other the pleasure of my company. No, of each other's company. Some people got that. That's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you what's happening to me. I've never had this happen in my life. All of a sudden... I'll start seeing people. I don't know them. I'll probably never see them again, and I wouldn't know it if I did. Somebody will walk by me, and I will hear my teacher. That's one of his names. We'll read it. And he'll say, pray this for that person. He will point out diseases to me for their future. Pray against that, that it will never touch her. My oldest granddaughter had a concert the other night at um, University of Incarnate Word where she goes, and, and um, she's just a stunning keyboardist. I mean, I've never in my life, if you're friends with Kelly on whatever that thing is, Facebook, look at her post, and she posted Abigail playing. I literally have never seen fingers move that fast, ever. I'm sure most keyboardists can do that. I know I don't play, but I am responsible that she does because I saw the gift of God on her when she was a tiny girl. And I remind her of that every time I see her. Well, that was Kelly, but then, you know, Abigail, of course, was blessed with the gift. And I mean, her fingers were just smashing that keyboard. And, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit would, it would be like a light shining on different people in the orchestra. And he would say, pray this for that person. Pray this for that person. Pray the destiny out for that person. I've never had this happen to me ever. And I just sat there and I would pray and I pray people I don't know. You see, when you fellowship with him, that's what he will do. You know why? He'll get your mind off of you <laughs> to fulfill the purpose of God in your life for your generation. How do you know that you're in the place you are in today because somebody prayed for you? You don't know. You don't know the people that were praying for you. I know my Aunt Juliet prayed for me. That's, that's how I came to know him. Romans 8, 14. All who are led by the Son, Spirit of God are the sons of God. For the spirit you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. Slavery puts you in fear. But... You have received the spirit of adoption, 
whereby you cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us we are children of God. You see, there's no room for an orphan spirit and a child of God. So if you start feeling forlorn and forsaken, recognize that is an orphan spirit trying to minister to you or recognize in your children that is trying to minister to you. My, uh, my youngest grandchild, who is seven, was in a soccer game. She plays soccer. And a uh, week before last, after the game, she was a puddle. She was crying big old tears. And I've never seen anybody able to turn off and on tears. This, this child, it is amazing. I'm, I just, I go, honey, how can you do this? And she was crying and she was mad and her face was beat red. Well, because during the game, a little girl comes up to her and said, you need to pass the ball. And that did it. And she was madder than a hornet. But you know what? Now, she's a, a little child. She was just, she was feeling rejection and shame. Now, when you start feeling those things, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, you're my strengthener. Strengthen me now. I want you to see today, if you don't see anything else, we are not relying on him the way we should be. Lord, I can't do this. He's the helper. Help me, Holy Spirit. All the children came over the other night. We grilled out and, and uh, the grandchildren. I love those days. My house doesn't love it, but, but I love it. And uh, before... They got there. I was playing Everything is Changing Now. It's absolutely my favorite song. And when it was playing and, and, and Belonging Company was seeing miracles are breaking out, your spirit is among us now, I just burst into tears. And at that time, my youngest was the first to arrive. And so now Kelly and Katie, if they see me cry, they immediately want to comfort me. Courtney is more like me. She wants to whip me into shape. <laughs> As she grabbed my arm, she goes, what's the matter? I said, nothing, I'm fine. <laughs> and, and honestly, I was thinking of my sister. And I was thinking of her final days and how difficult they were. Now, especially Katie would have just cried with me and patted me. Courtney looked at me, and sometimes she reminds me of me, which is very alarming. <laughs> I'm just, I'm telling you the truth. She looks at me, and she said, you'll see her again. Amen. She went before her time, but you'll see her again. I said, okay. But she, I'm going to tell you something. That's what the comforter would do. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. And you know, when you think about it, I really can't weep over somebody who is so happy yes. and so rejoicing. Yes. Because when somebody we love goes to heaven, if we cry, it's not for them. It's for us. But there is a time to weep. All right, John 21. I'm going to show you, at least for me, one of the things that will really get me out of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit really quickly, okay? And this is a contributor to an orphan spirit. So Jesus is talking to Peter here, and he tells Peter how he's going to die. 
He says, you were young and somebody put on a belt and you walked about wherever you pleased to go. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will put a girdle around you and carry you where you did not wish to go. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. So he was telling Peter, you're going to be crucified. I don't, I wouldn't call that good news. He said this to indicate what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after this, he said to Peter, follow me. And Peter turned and he saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, mind you, this is the gospel of John and John is writing the gospel and John calls himself, I'm the one Jesus loved. (laughs) He did not have an orphan spirit. So he saw the one Jesus loved following The one who leaned back on his breast at the Last Supper and said, Lord, who's going to betray you? Because John, remember, had asked Jesus when Jesus said, there's a traitor here. And John said, well, who's going to betray you? And when Peter saw John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? He had a lot of nerve. (laughs) And Jesus said to him, if I want him to stay until I come, What is that to you? You follow me. And so the word went out among all the brethren that the disciple John was not going to die. Yet Jesus didn't say he wasn't going to die. He said, if I want him to stay till I come, what is that to you? Follow me. And when I read that, the Lord spoke to me. My teacher spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me because he's my teacher. This is the main reason for an orphan spirit. We look at other people and what happened to other people. And we judge what would happen to us by what happened to other people. Well, Lord, if you didn't heal them, why would you heal me? Well, Lord, this person believed you and they did. And Lord, 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 Lord. Let me tell you something. That's the danger zone. If you base your faith on what is happening to other people, you are putting yourself in danger. And you're feeding that orphan spirit. In Acts 10 and verse 38. God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and strength and ability and power. And he went about doing good and curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil. For God was with him. Is Jesus the same today? Yes. How did he do this? How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit, strength, ability, and power. How do we go about today? By the Holy Spirit anointing us with strength, ability, and power. Rely on him. I'm telling you, the majority of the church is not relying on the Holy Spirit. He is our strengthener. He is our enabler. He is our power. Everything is changing now because the spirit of the Lord is here. Miracles are breaking now because the spirit of the Lord is here. I saw it this morning. If we rely more on him, we will still be anointed like Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit, strength, ability, and power. I'm so, 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 so grateful for that. 
Acts 10, 44. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. And the believers from among the circumcised who came with Peter were surprised and amazed because the free gift of the Holy Spirit had been given to the Gentiles. That's us, unless you're a Jew. For they heard him talking in unknown tongues and languages and extolling and magnifying God. And then Peter said, or asked, can anyone forbid or refuse water for baptizing these Gentiles? Seeing that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he ordered they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's the same today. When you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, he comes into you and he fertilizes your human spirit by the Holy Spirit. But there is an infilling of the Holy Spirit that is separate. How do I know that? We'll read the book of Acts. We don't have time to do that. But Jesus told them after his death, you remain here until you receive power. Our chosen event is chosen power. It's all about his power, not yours. Not because you have an extroverted personality. It has nothing to do with it. There's two powers in the universe, the power of God and the power of the devil. Oh, yes, he does have power. But he cannot outpower the Holy Spirit. And his demons, only a third of heaven fell. Two-thirds remain. So when, remember when... Uh, you see, now I'm all mixed up because that person that preached on Sunday said, how many of you get Elijah and Elisha confused? <laughs> so which one was it whose servant Gehazi saw the enemy and got scared? Was it Elijah or Elisha? Which one? Sha? Sha. Ja? <laughs> which one? Somebody spell it. Ja. Elijah. Okay, thank you. Elijah. But if they're, okay, I don't care who it was. It was Eli. <laughs> Eli is coming. And so we'll just call him Eli. And so Eli says, because Gehazi is scared. I mean, he sees the enemy and there are a gazillion of them. And they're empowered by demonic forces. And so Eli prays, Lord, Open his eyes that he may see. And the Holy Spirit opened his eyes. And you know what he saw? That greater, greater are those with us than those with them. And still the same today. I'm going to tell you something in Jesus' name. The enemy has no power over you if you are empowered by the Spirit of God. And if you feel powerless, it's because you're relying on the wind and the waves and your circumstances and the reports instead of on the Holy Spirit. You can have a fresh infilling today or an initial infilling today, but don't let it stop there. Uh, every day we should pray, Lord, infill me today. A new Lord. Let me be a glow and burning with the Spirit of God today. It's where the power comes from. Galatians 5. 22, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, this is how you'll live. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You'll never break the law of love if you walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And just remember, fruit is grown. Gifts are given, fruit is grown. And so you have to be yielding to him. 
How many of you have ever had a fruit tree in your yard? A fruit tree in your yard. Okay, so when that tree, do you just go and pick a leaf off and say, lemon? Is that what happens? No. And then those little green balls start forming. Do you go just pick those and go, lemonade? No. It has to what? Mature. And so does the fruit of the Spirit. It has to mature in you. John 15, 26. But when the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, and he already has, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he himself will testify regarding me. See, that's his job, to testify Jesus. Verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak his own message. He'll tell you whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message given to him. And here's the big part. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He's going to tell you before it happens so that you can be prepared. So that you can be prepared. What if I miss it? Well, you're endeavoring to hear him. And I've told you the story many times of my daughter, Kelly, when she came to me and said, yes, mom, when I didn't call her. And I thanked her for coming because she thought she did. And the Lord said, that's how I feel. I will never correct you for thinking you heard me. I mean, as long as it's not a violation, right? Like he's not going to tell you, go 80 miles an hour in a 50. Some of you do that. I was driving along one day going 55 into 40, and I looked up and I saw speed limit 40. And I heard him say, that is not a suggestion. It's a law. So now I'm convicted again. <laughs> Verse 14, he will honor and glorify me because he will take what is mine and will reveal it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that the Spirit will take the things that are mine and reveal them to you. Don't you just want to love him and walk with him? Do you understand that Jesus is saying we can be in perfect sync with heaven? I don't know what to do with my children. They've given so many problems. He said, I'll take and reveal it to you. I don't know what to do about our finances. He said, I will reveal it to you. I don't know what to do about my health. Where do I go? What do I do? You see, the problem with our health, I'm going to tell you right now, is we've all become a bunch of cookie cutters. How about you ask him first? How about you pray when you go to the doctor, Lord, I ask you that your spirit will fall upon him. Even if he's an unbeliever, it's okay. And that you will reveal to him the course for my life in the name of Jesus. How about we ask the one who knows everything, the standby, the helper, the strengthener, the advocate, the intercessor. Well, Lord, who do I marry? Well, why don't you ask him? Because you know what? There would be no divorce. If two people asking the Holy Spirit, who is the one? And you come together in the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And you fellowship with the Holy Spirit together. I've been married 49 years and I want to tell you something. It's a lot of work. Because after every wedding comes a marriage. Yeah. 
So get the stars out of your eyes and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's fun, but I want to tell you something. It doesn't give you longevity. It doesn't. The skyrockets do not give you longevity, but he does. He does. And then he'll reveal to you love is patient. And that Greek word patient is a horrible word. It means long-suffering. How many of you have been married 30 years or more? Raise your hand. So look at the people who haven't and say, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's worth it, but it's work. Why? Because we have to adapt to one another. We have to love one another. Isn't it interesting, even if you have rocky roads in your marriage, isn't it interesting, I've seen it so many times, that when one spouse passes, all of a sudden, none of those trials mattered. Only the good. You know, if we stay in sync with the Holy Spirit, it's all good. And one of my favorite stories that I've ever heard in my whole life, I think the only one that was there was probably Pam. This was so many years ago, so many years ago, when um, some friends of ours, their sister had, had died. And uh, whatever reason, we don't understand these things, but the Lord gave her her life back. And her father was a rageaholic and an alcoholic. And it was a horrible man. He just beat the tar out of the children. And she was the youngest. And the brother, who ends up becoming just extremely bipolar, I mean, he had a horrible life, he would beat him, he would get drunk, the father would beat him to a pulp. And she testified she would get under the bed and he would just be, the boy would just be left sobbing and broken. And she would just reach her little hand. She was five years old under the, and, and just pat her brother on the leg. Just had had a very difficult life. And she grew up, got married, and she had contracted spinal meningitis, encephalitis, and another itis. I mean, how many of you know anything with itis on the end is not good? And she was dying. And she looked at the clock, and it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and she, she went to heaven. And as she was being taken to heaven, her whole life flashed before her. And I've heard other people. I heard one man who was choking to death. He had swallowed something. And, you know, if you get something caught in your throat and you feel like you're choking, don't run to the bathroom. That's what he did. Because, uh, Pam, you almost choked once, didn't you? And your instinct was to run. The, the instinct, I've been told, is to run because you want to get air. And Jim had to tackle her and do the Heimlich on her to dislodge what was caught. Well, she, she um, this man, I'll get back to her, but he was choking to death. And he wasn't a believer. And his whole life flashed before him. He told this to my husband. He said he saw his entire life in seconds. And somebody saved him. But anyway, this girl, back to her, she went to heaven. And on her way, she saw her entire life. And she said, you know what shocked me? She said, I would have told you that 95% of my life was horrible and only 5% good. But when I saw my whole life, 5% was hard and 95% was good. You know why? Because the Spirit of God revealed it to her. But the devil wants to magnify the hard things we've been through. 
so that we don't see all the good. But the Spirit of God will lead us into all truth. He will comfort us. He will counsel us. He will help us. He will strengthen us. He will intercede for us. He will advocate for us. What a God we serve. He is God. He is God. All right. Romans 8. I'm going to read you three more scriptures and then we'll quit. I don't even know where I am. Found it. Romans 8, 6, and 11. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice that. Reasoning is without the Holy Spirit. When you start reasoning, well, maybe if, well, but if, and what about if, and what about what happened to them? You're reasoning. That is not the mind of the Spirit. That's the mind of death. And it comprises all the miseries that arise from sin. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and peace both now and forever. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ from the dead will restore to life your immortal body through his spirit who indwells you. That is not heaven, that's now. I've looked up every Greek word, it's now. So if we're living a life of the Holy Spirit and we are fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, he is constantly restoring our mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in us. Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. And the spirit of the Lord will rest upon Jesus, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord and shall make him of quick understanding and his delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He'll not judge by what he sees or decide by what he hears. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. You will not make a decision based on what you see. You will not make a decision based on what you hear. You will not live by your carnal senses. Your senses have one function only, and that is to help you relate to the material world. But we are spirit beings. We have a soul, and we live in a body with five senses. But we are spirit beings, and until we learn to recognize that we are in fellowship with the one who is the Holy Spirit, we will not walk in the victory that we were ordained to live in. And if this is foreign to you, don't leave here being a foreigner to the power of the Holy Spirit. Finally, Luke 11. Well, Sandy, I just don't know how to do this. Well, I'm going to tell you. By the way, you know, I have a, uh, an affair with 1111. Just want you to know that. I see it all the time. I'll look at the clock. It's 1111. It can be 9 o'clock in the morning, but it'll say 1111. And I never understood, Lord, why is everything 1111? I'll go to bed at night. I'll look at the clock. It's 1111. And one day, my teacher revealed it to me. He said two things to me, Luke 11, 11, Hebrews 11, 11. Those two things. I'm going to read you Luke 11, 11, but you know what Hebrews 11, 11 says? It's talking about Sarah and she was barren, but it says the authority of her faith rested on the one who promised and she tapped into his faithfulness. And that's how she got her womb activated again so that she could conceive a child at 90 years old. That's how Abraham at 100 years old was able to impregnate her. And that's how Mary, who had never known a man, got pregnant because the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And if you're suffering today and if you're having a hard time, all you have to do is say, Holy Spirit, overshadow me. 
overshadow me. He'll bring life to what is dead within you. Luke eleven eleven. What father among you, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, if you then, evil as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? It's, he's yours for the asking. You need a fresh touch today, Holy Spirit? Touch me. You don't know the answer to your problems, Holy Spirit? Reveal to me, Jesus. You're feeling down and sad? Holy Spirit, comfort me. You need prayer? Holy Spirit, pray for me. You want to learn? Be my teacher. You need the enemy to get off your back? Holy Spirit, let the anointing destroy the enemy's yoke. I feel weak today. Holy Spirit, strengthen me. Ask him to be who he is. Fellowship with him. I'm just telling you we're spending too much time. We're wasting too much time not fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And so I pray for you that the love of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.